Adam Cravens, and Jane Ellen watch more movies each month than most people do in a year. Parental Guidance suggested reviews new movies in theaters with no spoilers promise. These film nerds know their stuff. Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And we've been talking about, on our little show here, about shows, movies that you... If you haven't seen, you should see, or if you haven't seen in a while, you should revisit because there was something special about them. Films of note, if you will. And I was thinking, and I was thinking, and I thunked, and I thunked, and I thought, hey now. Isn't that what the Grinch did as well? Yes. And he had an awful thought. The Wizard of Oz. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. 1939 was one of the greatest years for great movies. I, I I generally like to call you on hyperbole when when I think it's warranted. You just be like, "There's nothing better," and I'll be like, "Well, what about this?" And you're like, "All right, fine, that that thing." <laughs> but like, you're you're not wrong. Like about that, especially like to to get one film out of a year that mm-hmm. you would refer to as a classic is often difficult to do. To have that film or those films be directed by the same person, it's probably even rarer. Like, mm-hmm. na- na- well, okay, that, I can't get you to do that. Get get any normal people, uh, t- 100 people off the street, name me, besides Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz, name me something else that came out in 1939. Okay, are you ready? Are you, are you about to... I, I, I said I'm going to name some. I said I'm not asking I you. I ask normal people. Well, the normal people don't know. They might. They might come up with "Gone with the Wind," which is correct, but there are more. Okay, so imagine, you know, the movies. They're still pretty new in 1939. And man, that is. I like. I hadn't even thought about like picture moving pictures yes. are still a reasonably new like so the talkies have only been talking for about 12 years and the first year of talkies they weren't talking that much no so, it's, it's like it's it's kind of sort of synced up the wizard of oz a little film called gone with the wind wuthering heights i mean seriously that wuthering heights with Lawrence olivier's chin uh, a little film called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Well, there. Good old Jim. Jim Stewart. Hey. And another Jim Stewart, Destry Rides Again. That's James Stewart and Marlena Dietrich. Oh, wait a minute. The movie that launched John Wayne's movie star career, Stagecoach. Oh, wait. There's another one. Ninochka. Yes. There, there really is a pretty... I mean, wait, I mean, even wait if even it. if you stop there, that that that's ridiculous. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Shirley Temple's The Little Princess, Drums Along the Mohawk, Betty Davis's Dark Victory, and Gulliver's Travels. No, not that one. The Women, one of the funniest, the nineteen thirty nine women. The Women, Goodbye, Mister Chips, Dodge City. I would I would say the only other year that comes to my mind that even gets close to that is probably Shawshank, Forrest Gump, uh, Pulp Fiction. Like I remember that year just because you you had a bunch mm-hmm. of just ridiculous films that like I mean honestly if any of them 
would have would have had best picture you you could not i mean you you could still you could still you 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 can make that argument it's funny we do the podcast almost at the same time every week and yet no one adam knows realizes that and always message him it's it's hilarious now i thought I thought Errol Flynn's um, The Adventures of Robin Hood was 1939. That was actually 1938. You can see I was confused. But all those movies that I just named, they're a big deal. And those are, for some people, you might not recognize them, but certainly you know the names Betty Davis and Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne. These are major players. Ridiculous, large, like mm-hmm. star, stars to the point that like, even let's see what is this 80 years removed something like yeah, that sure. um that we are still talking about them oh for sure and let me double check uh the wizard of oz actually came out in august so much of the year had passed and they really hadn't started going for the oscars but i don't even know if they approached it that way actually the way they approach it now i i don't think it was mu- as much of a like it, 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 it's almost like they they know when to release, like the time of year to release it. Like they know if it needs to be kind of a structured release. They know if they want to open wide. They know if they want to do it here, build, or they want to make sure that they just do it like on Christmas Day so mm-hmm. that it qualifies. It, it's it's almost its own little like game. Now, The Wizard of Oz was nominated for seventeen Oscars. It only won two. One was for Best Soundtrack, duh, and the other for Best Song for Over the Rainbow. Again, double duh. And yet, let me see, what was it up against? It was It was such a departure, not only from the original work from which it came from, but from movies in general, to have a movie that, well, it started out black and white and then it went into color. I mean, I'm just going to assume that hadn't happened before. Um, I'd Actually, I I mean, you had movies that were black and white and, and you, you had, had movies, movies that, were, that were in color, but I, yes. it's one of the only films I can think of that used both and like two right. great effects. Like I think the uh, when Disney did the kind of the sort of sequel, Oz the Great and Powerful, they did it, but it was it was more as like kind of an a, a homage to the film that they were sort of sequelizing. Right. And so there are a lot of reasons why films weren't made in color back in the day. And one was the cost. And yeah. the other is, well... They weren't even thinking ahead. Well, it'll be on TV, and TVs weren't even invented, and TVs were black and white. I digress. They, they weren't like, oh, this is going to show up on a 4K television. We need to, we need to make sure that we do this, that, and the other, and uh, it's good. We want to make sure that uh, it's not in pan and scan whenever it is shown on. T- like, yeah, really, at that point, it was that. just, it, it was just, this is a movie. Now, when it comes to the other Oscars, the uh, the only one of note that I could have told you about all of this for that year, because, of course, the Oscars, for those films in 39, the Oscars, that was 1940, and it was a huge deal. Hattie McDaniel won for Best Supporting Actress as Queenie, 
in uh, Gone with the Wind? Was that her name? I can't remember. She knew nothing about birthing babies. And it was it was a huge deal because she was the first, first African American to, to win yeah. and certainly deserved it. And Gone with the Wind pretty much, I want to say, blew it all away. But <laughs> uh, Gone with the Wind won most everything that year. Now, Wizard of Oz... It wasn't nominated for Picture of the Year. No. It, the leads were not nominated. And and actually, it was perceived as a financial failure upon its initial release. Now, the, the thing that this film kind of benefited from is the fact that, okay, th- there wasn't home video. There, mm-hmm. there wasn't, there was almost, there was home nothing at this point. <laughs> there was home nothing. <laughs> so the, the film essentially got to take on its life because every five, 10 years, like you would have Saturday matinees for kids. You would have these, these re-releases and eventually it almost kind of found its own life there because MGM didn't, it was not the resounding su- success. I think a lot of people assumed that it was. Mm-hmm. I, now looking back on it, like you know, it's had an animated series. It's had two different sequels from Disney, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I mean, it's had video games, right. like it's had toys. However, like, however, let's look at this. Sure, it cost two point eight million dollars. That's Mo- money 19, in the 30s. Yeah, 1930s money. And even though it's not considered to be a huge deal, see, again, came out the same year as Gone with the Wind. It made over $26 million. But compared to everything else that was out, I mean, Gone with the Wind was making like Avenger-type money well, for I mean, it, 1939. With all of its re-releases, I want to say like it ended up making somewhere around what was the? I, I want to say it's around like two hundred million dollars. And mm-hmm. like I said, like this is this is over the course of multiple re-releases. So keep in mind that like not all of this was at the like movies today. Like if it comes out in twenty seventeen, it makes its money in twenty seventeen, maybe into twenty eighteen, and then it has a like a home release. Then it get you know, or maybe a VOD, or you know, it goes to like a like maybe one of the the apps or it goes mm-hmm. to like HBO or something like that. So like there's a there's a multitude of releases but like you don't get to live in the theater for 20 or 30 years at at, at this point. And if you were to like I I guarantee you if you were to get somebody to break down all of the releases of Gone with the Wind, like this was a a billion dollar mm-hmm. like franchise, like easy, easy. And uh, even though that's not the movie that we're talking about, mm-hmm. like Wizard of Oz, like I mean, it it ended up fine. I guarantee you, it's okay. made it's made MGM a buck. Wait, actually, I don't I don't think MGM still owns it. I really? want to. I think they lost it to Turner hmm. at some point. Let's see. Uh, it was produced by MGM initially, I right? But like, I I want to say Warner Brothers actually holds the rights now to it. Interesting. You're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about movies of note, this one being The Wizard of Oz. Now, Gone with the Wind, which it was up against from a book, this is also from a book. And did you make the mistake, as I did, Adam, of having seen The Wizard of Oz and going, oh, I'd like to learn more. What? There's more than one book? I shall read them all. Oh, they're not like this at all. 
Uh, there, well, there, there's a lot of significant, like the Wicked Witch of the West in the book, like is, I believe, short. Like she doesn't look anything like the the character that we have all. Like when when I say Wicked Witch of the West, mm-hmm. the person that you immediately think of, the ruby slippers were not ruby. I want to say they were silver, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Like it's just. They they changed and adapted a lot of things from that and the classic and, and like I'm not L. Frank Baum I'm not like dumping on like any of his books mm-hmm. um, and, and on top of that this wasn't even the first adaptation right of the book now his the books came out the first one came out in 1900 so you're looking almost. Almost two generations away from the original book coming out, which, you know, that's a that's a big jump. But still, the book is, I don't know, the book's a bit darker. Yeah. Yep. And hard to say weirder, but still. I think I think that's actually pretty, pretty apt. And I mean, even if you look at like uh, like the 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 sequel Disney did in 80 Return to Oz, that's. A dark movie. It leans a little bit more into the the I don't know if I want to call it scary or just really mm-hmm. kind of the strange. It's not quite like macabre, but like the that movie in particular, I remember scaring me, especially one of the characters that had come from the book, Mombi. She could take off her head and put on someone else's head and she would have the memories of the person mm-hmm. that she put on. And as a kid, like, I mean. I had seen the the Wizard of Oz in I, I don't know I want to say eighty four eighty five like I was very young and that one is not especially like scary it's it's very much like a a a like a a fantasy or a fairy tale mm-hmm. that book like gets in or, or that movie it's not really it's adapted from a couple of them but like it gets into some just dark stuff for a children's film yeah in that and i remember just like mombi in particular i remember just being like oh wow this is is weird this is weird and i i think i'm scared i'm pretty sure i don't want to go to oz anymore i remember well for me it was on once a year you know cbs evening movie would be like a sunday night movie once a year I would get to stay up late on a Sunday and I'd see The Wizard of Oz. And then one week it would be Butch and Sundance. Another week would be The Sting. I mean, every year in my mind, it's like I get to see that movie again. And I waited for those movies to come around. I almost, and like I said, I almost hate, and I, I've got, I don't know how many thousands of movies in my collection at this point, but it was an event. Like Very it was a shared so. experience. And I. <sighs> I, I love the the ability to access it. When I, I want to say I've got the digital version. Literally, I could pull it up on my mm-hmm. phone right now if I wanted to. But like, if you had told ten year old Jane that, well, that would device and you can watch anything you want. It'd be a whenever. phone, and you'd be like, like, like a rotary phone. You'd be like, no, 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 that's not. What I I mean. Anyway, this this movie has so much lore around it. It's you could do hours and hours and hours on it. Much again. Like Gone with the Wind, the casting for this went back and forth, back and forth. Could you imagine W.C. Fields as the great and powerful Oz? Because that's who it was going to be. Or or Buddy Epson as the, the, the see, Tin Man? I can, 
but uh, I've also seen him dance. Well, if you've uh, um, he played um, was it Jed in Beverly the the Beverly Hillbilly sitcom? Yes, he, he was, was initially he was cast. Yeah. he was initially cast as the uh, as Tin the Man, but they were using the some kind of paste that they were using for um, his makeup to make mm-hmm. him look like the Tin Man. He had. I want to say a severe allergic yeah, reaction I, I to it. He almost died. Yeah, and so they they couldn't wait for him to recover, and they recast mm-hmm. the the role. But like, I mean, they they have, and it, it's weird to see, especially because I, I saw this several years removed from knowing this as like a childhood classic, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, wait, he's in the Tin Man know, crazy, costume. Huh? This is weird. Now, Bert Lahr was lined up to be the lion, and for some reason. The lion always bugged me in the movie, and I can't say why. I would have to, like, really spend some time in therapy to go, why did the lion annoy me so much? Not so much that I hated him, but, I mean, compared to the others. I've always enjoyed that, like, everybody else kind of seems to have this kind of ambiguous accent going, but, like, the lion seems like a a very specific, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. time, time period. It's... It's almost, and, and I, I know that I, I compliment him all the time, and I, I love this movie, but like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, everyone else is speaking yeah. with a British accent until you get to Robin Hood. And care. like, you're just, you're, you're like, is he from Boston? Like, what, mm. what's going on? Why is Robin Hood not speaking with a British accent? I think my issue with the lion was um, weakness and indecision bother me. And well, but that's his character arc exactly. as well. And like, so, so I mean, therefore, he annoys me. What can I say? Bothers like it, me. It, it, I'm it, just guessing. I don't know. I mean, there was no reason I should have thought the line was the best, but and, I didn't. And evidently, like his costume, if I'm remembering right, was made out of like actual lion. Like it was either lion or like Ugh. yak hair or so. It was something. Horrible. It was something so that like he was so uncomfortable and hot. In that, co- like, the, the, I mean, you can you can look at it, like in the film, like, and, and just sit there and go, man, that's got to be warm. Like that, yeah. that doesn't look like that's breathing. That is definitely not athletic mesh that he's wearing. Now, um, uh, oh, where was I going with it? Oh, W. C. Fields. The reason why he did not become the great and powerful Oz, he thought the part was too small and he wanted more money, and they said, eh, no, pass. We'll Frank just, Morgan. We'll, We'll do this. But I like it better because initially he was just going to be that character. But Frank Morgan ended up being more than one character, which I didn't catch on as a young kid. No. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I, I, upon further viewing, like, I'll be honest. I also didn't realize, like, when I was younger that the farmhands were being played by the same people mm-hmm. that were like, it was just later I'd listen to their voice and I'd be like, they sound a lot like a person I know. Who is the person mm. I know? And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Now, as a kid, did you pick up on the fact that Hunk was named, first of all, Hunk, who was the scarecrow, and that there is a there was a scene that kind of said they're going to have a romance and that was removed? Did you pick up on that? I don't think she I did. says to the scarecrow, I think I'll miss you most of all. And so in a way, it's kind of unnerving. I I did not. 
um, clue in on a lot of romantic things? Was I like? It wasn't. I mean, no, no, but I'm saying like even overt romantic things when I was like a a child, like I just I didn't pick up on like it was not it just wasn't on my radar. Like I wasn't looking for like sword fights. Mm -hmm. Sure. Space battles. Great. Starships. I'm in romance. What else you got? What else you got? And the the casting of Dorothy was huge because it made Judy Garland, Judy Garland. She yeah. had been in some films, uh, but or, or at know, least minor. cemented her. Yes, and the I think the main choice, the original choice, was to go with Shirley Temple. She's the biggest child star. They needed a child. Go with her, and that makes sense. But they decided the emotional range that yes. you needed to see. She because decided to go else and another because she would have been. She wouldn't have even been ten at this point, I don't think would so. she? I mean, she would have been on the the much younger. And I think Garland was what, like sixteen? I think she was 17? fifteen when they started filming. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, and I'm not saying that you know Dorothy's like you know just going through like all the emotions, but like. It is a it it's the anchor of the film, right? And like if if you're if you're not emotionally connected to that that character, the the rest of the film is going to ha- have problems. The fact that there was someone who took the character's dog, well, that just destroyed me. Forget about the storm. The woman took her dog, and like, and she she's not apologetic at all about it. And I also wanted to know. Why do you keep taking her by and the dog is going to... Ma- I mean, I was... There's a lot of anxiety for me. Why didn't you at least put the dog on a leash? I mean, oh, she, you know she's going to do this. It's very, very upsetting. And they never explained why she doesn't have parents. Almost like it was a Disney film. But... Actually, I... Of all the things that I deep dive into whenever I'm just like, wait, why is that that way? I don't think I've ever bothered to check why Dorothy didn't mm-hmm. have. I mean, it's it's the 1930s. Like, it could have just been, you know, what was smallpox yeah. a thing then? Like, yeah. had we gotten rid of it? it yeah. It's something like that. But anyway, uh, it was such an extraordinary film. And the more you visit it, the more you see, I think. And as you said, she's the anchor. Judy Garland plays the anchor. And... Much like uh, with Marilyn Monroe, I feel that Judy Garland has so much trauma in her life. The desire to hang on her every word or want to help her in some way is intrinsic in her that it breaks your heart every time she sings. She she has a remarkable voice. Yeah. And like not just the songs in the film. Her singing the yes. song like I there's like like Disney may has made no telling how many millions of dollars on musicals. But like when whenever there was a live action version of a Lion King, I didn't throw a fit because it wasn't this person singing it. Mm-hmm. I, I really can't think of someone else singing somewhere over there like. She has like a song that it it just in and of itself is a classic. Her version of it mm-hmm. is also a classic. And I'm sure multiple other people have taken shots at it. But like 
she took that one and she like owned it. And it's not like it's even like a big show stopping. And it like, was set going piece. to be cut from the show. I it was that, going to be cut. Nothing's really happening here. It's not moving the story she's, forward. She's an MGM starlet, and it's undignified for her to be singing in the barnyard. Oh. Like it, the year is twenty twenty. Like, and we are still talking about that moment. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm, I'm I'm calling shenanigans on that that executive. He it's a good <laughs> thing somebody was just like, no, nah, it's good. Let's. He's friends with the guy that said, eh, Beatles pass. Or, or the, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, you'll never work in this exactly. town again. Oh, I won't, will I? <laughs> okay, all right, we'll see about that. So, uh, by the way, my mind was always blown as a kid that that horse changed color. Now, well, I mean, and keep in mind, color was yes. a big deal back then. So, uh, in in 1939, the whole scene at the Emerald City is in color, and then the horse itself changes color, but the whole scene doesn't change color. I mean, that was that's huge. Yeah. Yep. All of it huge. So, if you have not seen The Wizard of Oz, you really should. It was I'm, extraordinary. I am genuinely surprised. And now, it has been sequelized. I, I can't think of one that I would really say is the definitive version. And, like, this is also a film that really required no sequel. Um, oh, yeah. I am very surprised no one has attempted to remake this film. See, I've been trying to prepare myself by preparing my children. For instance, Anna Grace loves Harry Potter movies. And I said, I just want you to prepare yourself that when you're, let's say, 40, that movie, oh, she's 15. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be over 20 years. And sometimes it's an every 20 year thing. I said, someone's going to take that property, and I bet you they're going to decide to remake it. I, I think. Before that happens, I think somebody writes J.K. Rowling a large enough check where they're just like, listen, year seven, I got it. Um, I'm not saying it's a year nine, but like <laughs> Harry didn't die at the end of the that book, right? Right. right? Yeah. He's like auroring or something. Um, what what <laughs> what happened next? And she's like, "No, I don't want to touch that." And she's like, "Wow, that's the number. That's the number right there." I wow. suddenly I know what he's doing. Exactly. I know what he's doing. I wish someone would do that to me. Anyway, so I'm glad no one has remade that because you're setting yourself up for disaster. Well, I mean, again, like this is a a classic, like it's a classic, and there's there's so a, many ways. There's a whole lot of films that like I just. I, you can't I, conceivably. I, I you you can't improve upon them. Like uh, evidently, Universal is pushing Spielberg to produce a Jaws remake, and I'm no. just like, no. I mean, uh, sure. Like I'm sure they'll cut you a fat check, yeah. Stephen, and, and I'll or maybe watch it, or maybe but... he's sitting there just going, "There's no way they top my version." What am like w- what? So I should just turn down free money? No. No, and go ahead. Try to remake it. They tried to do sequels. They couldn't do them without me. I'll watch Chris Pratt as as the the police officer of the town. I'll I'll watch that. And yet, I can see that, can't you? Yeah. yeah. And yet, and I'll watch. I guess um, Kevin Hart in the Richard Dreyfus character. 
I could, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but I'll watch Paul Giamatti getting eaten by a shark. <laughs> well, as they, okay. But I mean, still, it doesn't need to be remade. Or, or like, or, or like Lord of the Rings. Like when, when they kept pushing Hobbit further and further away and they hadn't made the inferior movies that we ended up realizing they were. And I'm just like, guys, Ian McKellen isn't getting younger. Right. As a matter of fact, like he was Betty White old whenever they made the first ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. We need to make this happen or you just need to record him doing all the lines that he needs to, and you can green screen him in later. Okay. Exactly. But we have to have Ian McKellen. Everyone else, I can, I, you can, you can change that if you have to, but I have to have Ian McKellen as Gandalf. And I just, I, I'm really surprised that no one's dollar signs has overridden this. And and like I said, I'm not even sure who, who owns it right now. Well, do you think they'll ever remake A New Hope? I mean, again, there's something, something about a movie like that or Jaws and all of them. It wasn't just the movie. It was how that movie was made. And it's it the time that it hit. Timing. It's the yes. it's like the era that it struck like it, it like all of it just came together in a perfect like confection. It just created this storm that allowed Star Wars like to become the behemoth. Maybe that it that's was. why George Lucas adding the explosions and extra creatures bugs me. Because they weren't he wasn't able to do that in nineteen seventy seven. And so there's no read to go to go back and mess with that. Just leave it alone. This well, I mean, is how it was meant to be. Yeah, but but like that's not the way George Lucas. Well, I mean, if you look uh, at Dan Aykroyd's original script for Ghostbusters, like if they would have let him just go off the chain initially, like the film is in the future, like Ghostbusting is like a franchise. Like it just there's so much about it that I'm just like that film is grounded in no reality. Like mm-hmm. I. I, l- listen, like if you if you animated that and for you were just like this is the Ghostbusters it could have been yeah you've you've got me in that I'll check it out but like you don't create the Ghostbusters that we got in 1984 like the the perfect confection of events that allowed you to create this film that is beloved 40 50 you know 35 years 80 years after their releases stay away from them like lightning often does not strike twice now lucas lucas got lucky with empire strikes back exactly but legit like name me another star wars movie that you just love yeah anyway (laughs) just just say it just say it i do have i do have warm feelings for rogue one it's it's a good movie but do you love that movie like you love empire strikes back oh no but rogue one i think aside from the original trilogy I probably lean most toward Rogue One because it's just a great standalone movie. Yeah. And it's just a great movie. And Solo's a good movie, too, and Adam and I stand by that. But we we're do. talking about Wizard of Oz. I I suggest you watch it again. And sadly, we don't have a an event of Wizard of Oz viewing because you can just watch it whenever. So it worries me that some people just don't know it. Well, I, I think it, it adds... It adds a certain like allure or experience, kind of the like the way like I, I'm I am not personally a fan of the film, but like a lot of my friends, especially like when I was in college, like I did a lot of theater, they loved the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. Like I have an appreciation for Tim Curry, but like they would do like the midnight events where mm-hmm. like they're throwing stuff at that like 
I, maybe I don't appreciate the film because I didn't see it like that. I just saw it in somebody's living room and I'm just like, this is odd. And I was, and I was younger and I'm just like, I don't get it. I just, <laughs> I don't get this. But when you have that added like experience, it's kind of like trying to explain to people how big Michael Jackson was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can hear it now and they're just like, oh yeah, I love thriller. And I'm just like, you don't know how big Michael Jackson was in the 80s you you don't understand it like when he did a video or when he did that like it was just it was everywhere like and unless you are in that moment in time and you really get to experience uh, you can see every documentary you can have somebody Mm -hmm. tell you how big it was or maybe extrapolate or draw a parallel for you but you're never going to really get to experience it that same way and i i mean and i i say all that and i wasn't alive in 1939 when this movie came out but like this film did benefit from the the status that it gained mm-hmm. by like like CBS owned it for a number of years or NBC owned it for a number of years. Like th- they made sure that it was still an event even after it wasn't going into theaters. Mm-hmm. And I want to say they did a 3D re-release somewhere. People used to annoy me when Ted Turner was colorizing things. They'd say, "You know they're going to colorize it." I'd be like, which, well, they can leave the part with the cut, but the other, the black and white thing, actually, that works as a perfect book into the movie. And you'll enjoy this. One of Jim's coworkers was talking about 1939, how none of the movies made in 1939 were in color, and he was like, "Well, um, <laughs> let me tell you about two of them. At least one two. won an Oscar, huh? and they're like, ooh. And the and the uh, other, I know you've heard of. Uh, yeah, ooh." That's exactly how they responded. Anyway, Wizard of Oz, we could go off on so many tangents, but you need to see it. And I, I have spoken. You just need to see it. I I mean... See it, revisit it as an adult. As much as you and I were referring to Singing in the Rain as probably the best movie musical mm-hmm. that's ever been made, like the Wizard of Oz, like, and I'm not, it's obviously a musical, but like I think it almost transcends yes. just being a music like that film was kind of my gateway into what eventually led me to like Lord in the Rings, uh, Willow, like the the fantasy aspect of that. Like when I saw that as a kid, I'm just like witches and lions, flying monkeys, wizard. Like it just it captured my imagination beyond the fact like uh, of any of the other accolades that you and I have talked about. And while while you mentioned the flying monkeys, but what exactly were the guards? I don't know. What are, what are, what are they saying whenever they were Oreos? But I mean, what, they, weren't, they weren't munchkins and they weren't monkeys, but they had tails, right? Correct. Okay. I think. So they were kind of sure. like, they're kind of like the eternal, um, is Goofy a dog or not? They're just, they're just something weird. He is. Well, he's yeah, a, he is. He's a pantsless, upright English-speaking dog. Doesn't he wear pants and a vest? I don't know. I think, or maybe it's Donald that doesn't Donald wear pants. Donald doesn't wear pants. Mickey wears nor pants. Does, Donald doesn't. Let's throw that in. Thanks. Anyway, uh, we digress a lot. Wizard of Oz. Stop what you're doing. Go and watch it. It's it's a like if you there there were about seventeen thousand VHS mm-hmm. releases of it. There have been several DVD releases of it. There were multiple Blu-ray releases of it. It I, I know of at least one 4K release of it. It is available digitally 
everywhere. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I'm just saying like you can get your your hands on this mm-hmm. movie. And you need to. Thank you for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.